were so fun together drunk and then we realized oh that our the thing we had in common was that we were funny drunk it always confuses me what people are willing to show other people i don't know if i feel comfortable having that that statement on the internet and i remember walking through my apartment being like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know what's wrong with me. I would just be sitting in bed crying and rethinking everything about my life. Anyone watching, Chesco is equally as amazing in person that, that as he is online. We had a four loco and fondue party. I am gonna be <laughs> the worst guest that he has ever had. You want bad advice, man, I'll give it out glad. I got some good advice for you. No, you don't. What's up, everybody? This is Bad Advice Wednesdays, and I am Chesco, the speech prof. And today, myself and a guest are going to, I, I used to say not ruin your life, but no, we're going to attempt to ruin your life with bad advice today. But it, it's on you if you listen to us, because we're telling you it's bad advice, right? But before we get to that point, I want you to meet my wonderful guest today is one of my favorite content creators um, out there. And I started following, I think we we were mutually aware of each other for a very long time, but it wasn't until very recently at VidCon where we finally actually talked to each other and saw each other. Uh, and my favorite part was I I, I I tap her on the shoulder. And I was like, are you, are you, are you, is your name Kaylee? And she was like, <gasps> and she gave me a hug right away as if we knew each other like before, like, and, and you were like, oh, I didn't even recognize you. I didn't know who you are because I'm a giant in real life. Um, anyways, but I, I know Kaylee. I'm 99.9% .9 sure that anyone following me or uh, listening to this podcast right now probably also knows who Kaylee Cresta is. But um, I always like to give my guests an opportunity to introduce themselves so that if someone from here were to go to your TikTok or your Instagram or wherever they follow you um, and hear, hear and, and check out your page, what would they see? So my name is Kaylee Cresta. I make very uh, women-centered content. Um you know, and every day when I make a video, my goal is to always describe the female experience um, in whatever way that means. I use a lot of reaction-based content as kind of a jumping-off point for conversation. Um, unfortunately, there is no shortage of bad content to react to on the internet. And, um, you know, another thing I really try to do is create kind of this translation um, so if a, a woman or a bunch of women are, are having this kind of repetitive argument with a spouse and they feel like, listen, they're just not hearing me. My goal is to create content that can be sent to somebody that you're really struggling to kind of get to that point of communication. Sometimes when we argue, we're, you know, we're talking over each other and, and we're screaming and we're yelling and nobody's really hearing, right? We're, we're not listening to understand. We're, we're listening to think of what our next dagger is in an argument, right? Um, and so sometimes sending someone a piece of content or, or anything of that sort gives you the opportunity to say what you're feeling without being interrupted. And um, that's definitely something that I try to do. My, my biggest goal at the end of the day is to make women feel seen. And if I do that for one person, then I accomplish my goal. <laughs> Were you surprised by just how much is out there? when you started doing this? It, it absolutely, not only was I surprised by how much there is, but it always confuses me what people are willing to show other people. Even if this is something that you're doing for shock value, that was still something that you were willing to put out on the internet. This isn't like a, 
anonymous internet message board, right? Where or 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 a comment section on YouTube where somebody could just have a random name. Right? These are these are people attaching their face, their real names, their their livelihoods to these words, and and seeing the feedback in real time and still just making more of it. Like that that for me is like mind blowing because you used you used to always think it would just be like oh it's it's really easy to be to say horrible things behind this veil of anonymity, but to do it with your whole body behind it, it just blows my mind. Right. And then, so then you think of, right. Like, you know, when you, when you met your wife's family for the first time, I would assume that you were on your best behavior, right? We all do that. Even though you're an amazing, just anyone watching Chesco is equally as amazing in person that, that as he is online, he's, equally as amazing if not more amazing because you get to like be in an actual conversation he is a giant teddy bear and i i love him so he's like that in real life online he's definitely one of the good ones but can i put that just that that clip right there in my bio is there a possible course, you can. <laughs> um so well because i'm sitting here and i'm like well chesco and his best behavior is Chesco is just a good person, so there's not really a bad example. <laughs> what I mean, people, they meet somebody that they, they really want to make a good impression, and they're on their best behavior. Think about these men and their future mother-in-laws or father-in-laws or, you know, children. When they Children have access to the Internet so much earlier now. And there you are seeing your father or your son-in-law compare your daughter or, or your mother to a dirty sandwich that fell on the floor. This, this is what we're, we're creating for people to see when they, when they associate your face with what you believe in. Backtracking off that a little bit, because obviously we, I think we, you and I could probably talk about this for the entire show. Something that we don't talk a lot about is how we got involved uh, in, in social media. Right. And I'd love to, I, I honestly have no idea. Like how did you go, or how, like, was this was this on purpose? Was this planned out, or did it just happen? Or or what what was your kind of like journey to being like Kaylee in real life to you know Kaylee Cresta on on the internet? So I prior to social media, I was a director of operations in general construction um, for a long time, and so that means that I spent all day around men in their in their element, um, in their, you know, I was, I was exposed to them so often that they didn't really censor themselves. Right. So I could truly hear what was happening. Um, and one of the things that always amazed me was that I would see these guys go, my wife's always nagging me. She never shuts up. She's always telling me to do this. I'm never good enough, this and that. And then a few months later, some even years later, would talk about how, oh, their wife didn't want to have sex with them. Their wife wouldn't touch them. They didn't want to be touched. And there was just nothing left. And I remember one day looking at one of these guys that I had literally known for years and being like, but you just wanted her to leave you alone. And he looked at me like, right? Like, right, right. He had never been confronted with the fact that his wife had done exactly what he had been asking her to do for years. She was leaving him alone. She stopped nagging. She stopped asking him to do anything. And she said, you know what? Fine. 
we're going to continue to coexist in this home, but you're going to be you and I'm going to be me. And it's unfortunate because I don't want to say all men, but some men really only notice that there's a problem when they stop having access to sex. They don't notice when, oh, wait, I'm not having that emotional connection or my wife's not getting as excited when I walk through the door. Those aren't normally things they notice. And if they do, they're not addressing it. So it was when these their wives stopped having sex with them. And so when I originally got online, this was definitely an accident um, because I just got online having something to say about that. So funny. Because I've had I've had that similar reaction where it's this that 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 eye opening where from people of like, and what that eye opening is is what when you my actions have consequences. Yes, like, you said that. Right? Like, and yes. it's it's and it's it. I think that's the the most shocking thing as a as a speaker as one of us talking about this. And this goes about all of these issues, right? Like not not just misogyny, but it's it's this very prevalent, obviously, when it comes to like misogyny and this, this particular issue. It's just this complete unawareness that the things that we say and that we do might actually harm other people or might actually cause other people to do like I said, do the things that we're telling them to do. And that might in turn harm ourselves. Right. Right. So it's such a great point. And, and, you know, you can't say it any better than that because I really do think that's what the connection is when you, when you see them have that moment. Um, and so, yeah, it became very much an on-purpose, but it didn't start that way. Right. Okay, so, so you, you, you're you online, you're, you know, you have all this knowledge from this lived experience at a, you know, at a construction site, you know, hearing all these people being very, very open to you. Yeah. Um, and then what, when did you, like, make the shit, like, how, how did, did it, did you take off kind of immediately? Was it kind of like a, a shock or, or was it um, something that you uh that kind of slowly kind of started getting bigger and bigger as you were as you were posting or i'm just i'm just curious kind of what your what your what the next step was for you yeah i mean um so i had i had earlier before i did this i had posted like some makeup stuff just because for anyone that doesn't know i just i love makeup and skincare and all that stuff so i it's not like i had like a blank profile but i had never done it for that reason um, so I didn't really start posting content, um, until, like I said, you know, I got on there with something to say. Once it did, I wouldn't say that, I mean, yeah, I guess it, it did. It really just kind of became something bigger than what I ever imagined it could be. So I didn't start doing it like as a, as a full-time thing right away, but it immediately, pretty immediately became something that I became so passionate about and it was all I wanted to do that. I mean, and I know you can relate to this, having people in your comments, having women say, I feel seen after watching this is the greatest gift and the most rewarding thing that happens to me. Um, and if we can do that and if, if we can give that to somebody, that's all, you know, it's, it's a gift. I think uh, that was one of the more shocking because I, because, and this was my, my page was a teacher page and I was just going to talk about being a, a professor and I still do on occasion talk about uh, my teaching content. And then, um, I, you know, I started making a couple of the videos and the thing that made me 
like you said, that made me want to continue. There's a couple comments specifically is when I started getting emails from people saying I was talking about your video with my therapist, right? And realizing, oh, whoa, this is like, or, or, or people saying, you know, this is this, what you said here, it, it helped me get over this particular trauma or helped me understand this perspective and something that I was really, really struggling with. Um, and, and hearing that, because I think, I, I don't want to speak for you, but when I started posting online, it's easy to forget that there are real people listening <laughs> to what we say, right? It's it's like, at first it's like a game. I'm, oh, I'm saying this funny, silly thing. But then all of a sudden you realize, oh no, I forget what we say has this this reaction or this, this actual real world consequences. Now for us and for, I think people like us that are making, I think more positive content online, that's a that's a wonderful realization to have um and but like you said i think unfortunately for a lot of these other guys that are making these content that we end up stitching they still they just they don't they get into this this gamification of what they're doing and they don't care that the consequences that they are having is that they're making the world a worse place um for 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 everyone right and i i think part of you know and i i promise i won't go off on too much of a rant here because this is kind of specifically related to content creation. But one of the things that I don't know if, if you have a similar experience, I feel like a lot of content creators, when they first start posting content and the follower count is zero, people make fun of you. Like it's a joke, like people from your hometown or people that know you in real life, I think are kind of like, Oh, what are, what do they think they're going to be a content creator? And, and so, when we talk about having a hard time comprehending there being like real people on the other side, it's because we start this journey, whether we intend for it to be a full-time thing or, or a hobby or whatever it is, we start it not in a place of, of people thinking that we're ever going to make any difference. And so, and then there's that that weird shift that once you become an actual content creator, and I'm using that so loosely because that's going to mean something different for everyone. Um, all of a sudden, it's oh, it's okay. It's not a joke anymore. And so I, I think sometimes that has to do with other people's perception of you just as much as we do as it does with our perception of what we're doing at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I think especially for, for people like us who grew up and kind of saw these different iterations of what content creation was, like there's such a stigma, you know, the, the influencer stigma uh, of like, oh, well, well, influencers are, no, you should never want to do that. Like that, that's, yeah. like, that's a bad thing. Right? That's, that's something that you shouldn't do. And someone, I don't remember if it was a video or an article or something said, but that pointed out that the, the reason why there's not a stigma with content creation versus influencing is because influencing was mainly associated with women mm. versus when we talk about content creation, we don't necessarily gender it. And so men can be content creators, but only women are influencers. Right. And so when we think about this, this realm and this, this thing that we're into, we, we walk into it with shame because of the fact that we, it's this in, almost internalized misogyny is really fascinating to me because I never even occurred to me that I, I definitely never call myself an influencer. It's so interesting, right? And it's, it's part of what is amazing about having such access to information is we hear things and we're in a position where we can check our own, you know, um, biases and, and go, you know, where does this come from? Um, but it is, it's, it's fascinating because you're right. There was this idea. And I think 
you know, influencing very often has this connotation of, of selling things to people. Content creation is, is creating something that, you know, people consume and, and it goes to show you how much language can change perception in every way. I, I know that you just kind of briefly went over how you got into it. And if you've told the story before, I don't want to ask you the same question, but um, did, was it just a natural progression from your professor content to this? Like how, how did you get started in it? I would love to know. Yeah, well, it was, it was a huge accident uh, and not something, it's still something that I, I think I was, I was actually talking to someone the other day where I do think I have like a time limit where I'm going to do this. Cause, cause I don't ever want to do this full time. Um, this is, this is, I still, you know, I have my career. I'm a, I'm a tenured professor that was my dream to do at a community college, working with students who, you know, grew up in poverty or first generation college. Like that, that's what I wanted to do. That's the that's the change that I wanted to make it in with with my voice, right, with my career. And the only reason I did this is because I wanted to be a better teacher for them. And I was I was gonna basically just close my account and I started talking about other stuff, and then that started going viral, and then then I started. Um, speaking out because my my research interests all the way going back to undergrad was in feminist rhetoric and gender and communication. Um, that's what I studied in grad school. Eventually, kind of, I you know, I experimented, experimented, and I was called what I do is uh, it's kind of gentle parenting for misogynists, uh, where I'm kind of like here, here maybe you'll listen to this, and usually, they, no matter how gentle I am, I'm sure you've experienced this. It still is going to be. Yeah, you still get these abrasive, angry comments. And I'm like, I didn't even say, I was so nice yeah. <laughs> in how I phrased this critique. I was, so, I gave you so much of the benefit of the doubt today. And I, and I know we have to get into the bad advice. So I promise I'll keep it short. <laughs> we but, have to do it, right? <laughs> no, no, no. But I mean, honestly, I could, I never shut up anyways, but I could, I would love to hear, I, I love hearing how, this begins, you know, and, and how does it become something like this? And one thing I have to tell you is I've consumed so much of your women centered content. And I had seen a video where you were talking about your late policy um, as a professor. And I have to tell you truly that like my eyes welled up and it was so powerful and it really got me thinking, and, and this is, of course, a much bigger conversation, but I just have to say, all I could think about was if we just had more of this in education, right? If we just had more empathy, more compassion, more individually centered learning, how many more people, one, would pursue education, um, you know? but truly feel as though it was something that they wanted to participate in. And I loved that you were doing that, that you were actually providing a safe space for your students, because for some people, they don't have a safe space anywhere else, right? So if you're the one that's providing that, we severely underestimate how much that saves lives, right? Whether that be in a literal sense or a metaphorical sense. And I just, I, I love that. So it was, it was so powerful to see you be just as powerful, but on different topics. So I'm, I'm so glad that you do so many different things. Well, and not, not, this won't be that surprising. A lot of these things that I, I, I talk about with, uh, in higher education, um, that are really toxic and really harmful are steeped in misogyny 
are steeped in white supremacy, are steeped in these and classism and ableism, right? All of these things that we that that absolutely still fit into when I'm critiquing this guy for whatever he's saying, up cross applies, right? It, all of these really harmful acts of our society, it all comes together, right? It's these systems of oppression uh, for that benefit guys that look like me, right? And and uh, harm everybody else, and we don't think about how that influences literally every aspect of our life. And when I and that's what I talk about how you know, fighting against misogyny and the patriarchy and things like that benefits everyone. And, and it, it benefits in, in really weird ways, like having a late policy that accepts the fact that people need compassion, right? That people need to, to, uh, to be believed, right? The idea that, that just, you don't need to have um, a, on, there's not only one way to, to be believed, right? There's, there's, there's multiple ways that, that will, that, that can lead to the same outcome. And, and in saying that, listen, what you have going on is valid. Maybe you're the difference in why that student stays enrolled mm-hmm. versus saying, well, listen, every single professor, everything that I've done so far is out the window anyways. I'm just going to walk away. And, I, could I, and, I, and I'm going to go on a rant about this too, because that, that really is like the uh, over and over again, right, where you he, you hear that literally where it's just they all have people that will come in my comments though and they'll say like, well, if, if you show, if you're nice to them, where are they going to learn to deal with a world that is this toxic place? I'm like, from literally every other professor. Every world. Every <laughs> it's, world. it's, it's, yeah, there's from every, from the, every job they're going to have, from their relationships, right? Maybe from their parents, right? The, 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 they're going to learn these horrible lessons and they act like as if my one class where I'm showing them genuine compassion is going to now negate all like 99% of what they've had to experience in, in their other parts of their life. And it's so ridiculous. Like it would be a critique if everyone had my policies, right? If this was the norm, then nobody would be listening to me. Nobody would be crying in my comment section. Exactly. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. there is no shortage of trauma and pain in this world. But there is such a shortage of compassion, empathy, kindness, and you know what? Overall goodness sometimes. And so trust me, I don't, I don't think that there's many people in this world that by the time they get to college have not experienced trauma in one way or, you know, one way or the other. And that's the sad reality. So, you know, piling on more trauma isn't working. Piling on more of a, a lack of understanding isn't working. And we see that. We have the, the actual evidence to prove it. Um, and maybe, and maybe just maybe the way we fix the, all the horrible aspects of the real world is by showing them that there's an alternative way to, to do things, right? Just like your content, right? Showing them that there's another perspective that we need to think about and consider before we do things the way they've always been done. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm trying so hard not to go on a rant. I'm like, Kaylee, push it down. No, no, it's, it's fine. I, I think my audience is going to all, co- they're going to comment saying like, why did you, why didn't you just let her talk the entire time? Wow. <laughs> no, this is great. I do that all the time. You got to shut me up. 
Yeah. Well, I'm sure I, my, my goal is to like, like this first season is to mainly just kind of get to know a bunch of people. Yeah. All right. And I'm sure the show is going to evolve over and I'm sure I'll, I'll, I'll have you on again and we'll, we'll do something different uh, in the future. But for, but for today, for the sake of this first season of bad advice, I think we definitely got to know you. Uh, and, and I think now it's time to get to know an opposite side of you uh, and, and giving some bad advice to my followers. And so just in case this is anyone's first time uh, watching this show or listening to the show, uh, keep in mind that these questions were submitted with the knowledge that we would be giving them terrible advice. Right. And so there is, there is no expectation of good advice here. It's just this, these are, these are happening. I pull them out of a hat and this is, this is, and we say what we say. And if you follow and listen to us, you have been warned. You shouldn't do that. <laughs> and then honestly, I'm excited about this part because this is fun. I right. love this. I right. There's it. no pressure. That, that And that's, you know, that's funny. That's exactly why everyone kept telling me I should do a podcast. And I was like, I've seen what men with podcasts look like. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was like, that's like, have you seen the stuff that we react to online? Uh, and I was like, what can I do? That's, that won't like just be the same, right? Yeah. Instead of just like making a longer version. And although everyone said you should just do what you do just longer. Yeah. Um, but I was like, what's different? And I was like, this will be a nice breather. This is my this is my vacation from critical thinking yeah. where instead of giving good advice, instead of giving good critiques, we just kind of get to have a little fun yeah. and, uh, and see what happens. I love it. All right. So uh, question number one. I like this one. I like this one because it's not even a real, it's a question. It just says getting back into the dating scene at 44 dot, dot, dot. Make sure you tell everybody that you have not gone to therapy. That's the number Mm. one thing you want to do. Just have not gone to therapy. You have no room to improve. None. Mm -hmm. You have reached the pinnacle of good man and there is no way you can improve. And if this is a guy, I think it's important to, Go onto YouTube, and I think it just look dating tips for men, and I'm certain that everything pops up. I haven't searched for that myself. I've been married, you know, 13 years now, but I'm certain if they search for dating tips for men, they're only going to get really wholesome, good videos uh, that are really going to going to help out with with getting back into that scene. Yeah, and and you want to make sure that you're constantly, um, you know, you're you're a high value man. You're a really high value man. So you don't want to be going for anything that's low value. I will say though, why did I, I think it's because I saw you saying dating advice at 44. Why did I automatically think it was a man? So I just dove into that as if it was a man when we don't have that information. So we don't, we, there, there's no context. Here. A woman because <laughs> Kaylee's messed right. up. So if you're a woman, um, make sure that he does not have a license. Mm. want to make sure that he has had his license taken away for for being a habitual traffic offender. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know I don't know if I don't know if this is a uh, a thing once again I haven't googled this but you mentioned wanting a lot of value in a mm. man so I think put you should put you're seeking a high value man yeah. in your because that I'm sure that won't that there's no buzzword there. I'm sure that just means you like value yeah. in your life. So make sure right at the top of your profile if you have a Tinder for instance, be sure to put that there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Um. Um, <laughs> you're going to want to make sure that you only look at dating profiles where the man is posing with a fish. Mm. Um, or he's doing something like this. I don't know if you guys can see me, but like you want to make right. sure that he's showing the biceps in the picture. Oh, yeah. 
that's I mean, more important than anything, you need physical health. You need to see, see that that's going to be the thing that you're you're really focusing on. Yeah. You know, what, what they write, who, who's going to believe what they actually write on their profiles? I mean, it's got to be just look at their pictures. And I think go solely from that. Yeah. I think it's going to going to help out. I think that's a good way to go. <laughs> Love it. Do you, all right, I know this is, I told you I was going to ask you for any good advice. It, do you, do you think there is, is there a good way to enter dating? At, Cause every single person I talk to ever, like unanimously says in my comment sections, how hard it is to get back into dating in their like thirties and forties. Is, is there a, is there a light? Is there a positive way to go? <laughs> so, so here's my, and honestly, and I promise I'll keep this really quick, but I genuinely believe that this tends to be the problem is that we are conditioned. And of course I can only come at this from the perspective of a, a woman. Um, so maybe this is not the same across the board, but I truly believe that we are conditioned from childhood to adjust what we want to the person that we have. So even if walking into it, we go, okay, we want a really emotionally intelligent man that has a good relationship with with his mother, um, that um, has maintained the same place of employment for five years. I'm trying to use something that's like very concrete. Um, We'll meet a man who has been unemployed for three years, hates his mother, um, and we go, but there's so many good qualities, right? There's so many redeeming things and, and we fall in love with someone's potential and we say, okay, well, this good cancels out the bad. And we do this kind of math equation. And so I think what happens is as we get older and we become a little bit more confident in ourselves, one of two things happens. Either we decide we're not going to lower our standards which makes us feel like there's no one out there that's ever going to meet them. Or we say we are going to lower our standards or, and, and I, I don't like that, that language because I would more consider it to be, you're not lowering your standards. You're just saying, okay, I, I'm going to give this person a chance and they're horrible and you have a horrible experience which also leads to you feeling like there's no one good out there. And so I think the combination of those two things is what leads us in the same direction every time. I think part of the two, I mean, maybe you wonder if like, you know, when you're in your twenties and dating, it's, it, we, you, there's just as many horrible dates and horrible situations you go in. But I think it's like, and I, I'm only speaking from myself. Like if I were, if I were, God forbid to go into the dating scene right now, I, I would feel like, all right, well, like, I don't want to mess around anymore. Yeah. Right. I need to, like, I'm at a point in my life where I don't want to just go on frivolous day. And maybe, maybe, or who knows, maybe, you know, maybe that's just my own perspective. Like that I would be looking for this serious thing versus when I was in my, when I was 20 and dating and it was a horrible date, I would just move. Or if it was just like, not, not going to be the person I got married to, I would just move on without thinking about it. And so I wonder if it's just the weight of of understanding and knowing what we don't like or what we do like makes it feel so much worse as we get older. I think it's I think it's such a great point and I also think when we're younger what are we doing? We're partying more. We're going to the bar more often. We're going on vacation more often. We're doing all these things where it's really easy to like people because there's all this stuff in the background. And right. when we're older Do you have, do you, do you have friends that are like 
I have friends that I found out that as we got older, I'm like, oh, we were only friends because we liked going dancing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, or we liked drinking. You were, you, we were so fun together, drunk. And then we realized, oh, that our the thing we had in common was that we were funny drunk. Right, right. And then you're sitting there slowly, you're like, hmm. All right. <laughs> <What are you laughs> Sorry, that was just a side. I I thought about that. I have so many like friends from my my mid twenties that were like, that we were so close to. And then, but it was just once that era ended, it was like, Oh, okay. I guess what we had in common was just being 25. It's so true. <laughs> it's so true. I love that you brought that up. Yeah. So true. All right. Let's go to question number two. What should, remember everybody, bad advice. I was, we went off on a good advice, a little tangent there for a second. So we're back to bad advice. All right. Uh, what should I do to get my crush's attention? And let's give a non-gendered uh, response for this one. I yeah, because Kaylee went sort off on of a tangent. <laughs> yeah, could you stop that? I mean, uh. <laughs> get it together. God, how uh, I, nothing I can use from this. <laughs> tell them that you're dating someone else. Yes. Become the forbidden fruit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because that will okay. lead to a healthy okay. relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's a wonderful one. I've heard I've heard relationships really start this might be gendering it too much, but by starting off the, the conversation by just sending them really explicit pictures, I think is just a great way to kind of just break the ice. Then you're not worried about it, you're not thinking about it. Uh and like, you know, uh I know you probably should ask them if it's okay first, but you know, life is short, right? I think uh <laughs> I don't know if I feel comfortable having that that statement on the internet. <laughs> Somebody like takes the strong bite. Just that one. I was like, no, I, I just, I just, like, I don't, so I don't ever so want to, I don't want much. anyone to think the speech prof just, just gave permission for men to send unsolicited pictures. We'll that. I'm going to cut that. I might leave this in. We'll see. I don't know. I just don't want, that's not, that's not the bad advice I want to give today. <laughs> How would you get your and it's I think part of it is uh how long you've been how long have you been married? Uh thirteen years. So so we're both we've both been married for thirteen years. Yeah. Uh and it's it's very hard to think back to like because because my my quote unquote methods would have been what been when I was in my twenties. Right? It's so funny because I'm not so I'm actually like totally now I don't have a problem with it for anybody else, but I will um, never get married. So I'm not married. He's like okay. my husband. But you've been, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so 13 right. years that it's been like we're right. locked down type situation. Right. Right. Um, no, that's 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 still yeah. Marriage is not. I you know it's funny. Uh, I for my entire life was not planning on getting married. I was very anti the idea of marriage. I was not going to do it. That's I'm not. That's going to get a little too more negative that I want to go about like my own yeah. family history with it where I was like that's just not what I'm going to do. No, it's so it's uh, because I come from a similar place as you do where it's it's past trauma that has given me this like no, I'll never do it. Um and but it's funny how for a lot of other people they don't validate a lifelong commitment if it's not a husband or wife or you know they don't. They don't like the word fiance or or boyfriend. Doesn't hold the same connotation, right? Which is also so 
when you, when you think about the fact that, you know, there's a huge portion of our population that literally could not get married uh, until very recently, that it's such a heteronormative way of viewing the world. Like, oh, no, well, because they, they, it's it's a it's a gatekeeping method as well that has more even to, to do with just than that. Like, there's all these under, underlying things that go into it. And I used to make that argument all the time. So either it's such a big deal that that you can look at one relationship and decide it's not important or valid or, or this or that, or it's no big deal. And then why are you married? Right. And there's layers of that too with like, uh, and this is, I don't know if you're okay with me saying this in line, but like we both have children. Yeah. Uh, and and that, that's the other thing too. If you don't, well, if you're with somebody and you don't have kids, then even, even so the extra layer, you're not married and you don't have kids, clearly there, there's a reason, there, there must be a reason. Right. Uh, for it because you couldn't just want to be with somebody because they make you happy for a long time right (laughs) exactly and I used to love that people would always Mm -hmm. think that my child must have been some kind of mistake because me and Ryan weren't legally married because the only way you can have a a child with another person on purpose is be is when you have that yeah exactly I even had I even had one of my little cousins who was an actual child come up to me and say well how'd you have a baby out of wedlock and I said, now you can tell that I don't really talk to, to their parents very much. <laughs> yeah. um, and, well, how'd you have a baby out of wedlock? I go, well, I thought you know how babies are born. You were just talking about it like two weeks ago. And they go, I know, yeah. but it's just wrong. So I thought I'd hear your answer. Like it was, this was a child. This was a child. Right. And, and that, that goes back again to that. We don't think about the consequences of our language, right? Cause how would it, I've, I've probably even said, and now thinking about it because of the fact that I was married when I had kids, when my kids ask where, you know, what happened, I don't, I don't, I like to think I have it, but I'm going to, I'm going to de- deconstruct this for myself as later on. Uh, but the, the, I've probably said that, you know, well, when a mommy and a daddy get married and they fall in love, you know, it's probably been me taking, because I'm explaining to them with my own story, but what are the consequences of that? Exactly what you just said. But, the, but you know, and here's mm-hmm. the thing. I think you can very much tell when a child is asking from a natural place of innocence and curiosity. And when you're hearing it from a place of, wanting to start shit type thing. I don't know if I can say, if I can swear, but, um, and, and I think that that's a, such an important conversation, which, you know, of course we won't have now, but this idea of the things that our children learn that we teach them with a full heart and with, with no bad intentions whatsoever. I'm sure when you were younger, someone told you when a mommy and a daddy get married and that's when you're repeating. It, it's something we do, and, and it, it's why it's so important to realize that none of us are ever at a place of perfection because there's so much for us to learn. Let's do one more bad advice uh, question, and uh, and then we'll end with, with some good advice. We will end with one last uh, kind of positive note. Okay. Uh, to Let's see. Um, uh, let's do a different one. Here, you know, this this will be going. What should my go-to drink be? Going out with friends, what what is it, what's your signature drink going to be that makes everyone kind of look at you and like associate that drink with you? So I don't drink. This is a tough one mm-hmm. for me. But mm-hmm. well, I but guess, maybe that's that's part of the answer. Maybe yeah. So I will tell you. I don't know when I. It, I always get. Uh, oh no! This is bad advice. I have to get in the space. Hold on. <laughs> 
I know it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. Right, right. You can give a real answer if you want. No, I gotta stay. This is fun. Okay, okay. Stay back. Okay, you're right. You're right. You can't be the one guest that that is only giving good advice. You're just you're too good at giving good advice. (laughs) No, I just need to get out more. No, here. Okay, I'll give one that was here. I'm gonna while you're thinking. Do you remember four loco? My uh, my wife and I are. I swear to God, this is. I probably should just. But our first um, like house party we had, our first apartment together, we had a four loco and fondue party. I love that. I <laughs> and it was, love that. It. I did not. None of us had drank four loco at that. We just heard about. And even then, this is thirteen. I was in my. I was in my late twenties, and I was still like, well, the young people are. Uh, I've always been old. Um, but so we were like, let's have a young person party, and we we so we bought a bunch of four locos, and we bought we bought a fondue pot. And we had everyone, and we got, I don't know if I've ever been that drunk with other people. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Four Loco. That's great. I, I like that. Let, I'd say, I don't even, I'm assuming they still make it, right? Oh, Let that be so. your signature drink. I think, yeah. I think they got taken off the market because they Did were it? so problematic. But maybe that's their stick. Every time they go to a bar, they still ask for it. Exactly. In hopes that yeah. maybe. Like, do you have, do you have Four Loco? Like, that's Kaylee for you. She's always asking for it. You know, I had um, I one of a drink that somebody made me once when I like because I I didn't start drinking until I was twenty one. Um, I, I was one of those for I was like everyone's designated driver for all all throughout college when all my friends were drinking. And then when I I decided when I was twenty one, I was like, okay, I will go have a drink because I've always been so like I'm such a you know, I don't take risks in my I love life. That. Right? So, I love that. I see that um, about you. It's part of your right? charm, though. <laughs> Definitely part of your charm. But then when I started drinking, everyone was like, we need to take Chesco out <laughs> drinking. Because they're like, oh, we need to pay him. So for like my, I don't remember much of my t- being 21, right? Because it was just everyone paying me back for all the years of me being their DD. Yeah. Uh, and one drink that they, that somebody gave me at one point that became like my signature drink was a cement mixer. Have you heard of this? It's a shot. I don't know. I I probably should. I could look up, but whatever. But it's it's a type of alcohol, and they put like like lemon juice or something in it to make it start curdling. And then wow. when you put it in your mouth, and you're supposed to swish it in your mouth for like twenty seconds, and they count down, and it turns into this like gelatinous um, kind of mixture in your mouth, and it's disgusting because I think it's just, it's it's making the the alcohol curdle in your mouth by like swishing it around, and then you drink it. And I had so much fun doing it. But I just kind of assumed everyone knew what a cement mixer was. And so for yeah. years, I'd go to a bar and I'd be like, can I have a cement mixer? Because uh, this will be fun. And the bartender half the time would look at me like, what the hell is a cement mixer? And this was before smartphones, right? I was just going to say, I'm ashamed to tell you, I was a bartender too. And I've never heard of it. I don't that looking back on it, I remember people telling me like, yeah, it's such a weird drink. But I would always have it because I was I was like, this is fun. This is what grownups do when they drink alcohol. If they, they, Yeah, anyways. <laughs> So that was my, so if you want to be like me, have that be your signature drink. So we can either have four loco or cement, but you, but you better look up the recipe ahead of time because I, because a lot of bartenders will have no idea what you're talking about. Oh yeah. Walk around with like the post-it in your wallet. It's it's so (laughs) funny because, so you didn't drink till you were 21. Mm -hmm. I started drinking like yeah, I got everything out of the way really early. Right. <laughs> and then I stopped drinking because more, if I'm being honest, it's 
so much alcoholism in my family that has just been so destructive that I, I have no problem being around people that are drinking. I have a ball because I'm sober, so I get to watch every, you know, I think that's fun. But me, my own personal relationship with it is just like, you know, um, and I also... I feel like shit in the morning. I'm getting old. Oh, I don't want to drink and drink I, shit in the morning. It hits different at 40. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I, yeah, so it's I'm it's, with you. Like, I don't, it's not I, worth it. No. And so I used to do the same thing. Like I'd have like one drink a year, maybe on like Christmas, New Year's, whatever. And the last time I did, I put down like a bottle of wine. I got up the next morning. I was like, no, never again. You couldn't pay me. To feel like that again and i remember walking through my apartment being like i don't know what's wrong with me i don't know what's wrong with me yeah. was, you put down a bottle of wine what are you thinking you? oh well i don't i don't know if we gave much bad or good advice this second half but it was fun advice i, I really enjoyed this i i'm gonna be the worst guest that he has ever had because i didn't give enough bad advice no. nobody's gonna no i guarantee people are gonna people are gonna love this i guarantee you but before so we we do have one last chance for so for some for something to do intentionally good advice okay. um but before we get to that, I want to make sure, give you a chance, uh, if you could tell everybody, where, where can they find you on the internet? Okay, so I am Kaylee Cresta everywhere. I am at Kaylee Cresta on, on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and all the places. And I just started YouTube with longer form content. So please go over there, because obviously I like to talk, right? <laughs> I talk a lot. So... That's my newest place, and and I'm the same name everywhere because I'm boring. I think Kaylee was smart. She actually has the name everywhere. Versus, as I've said before, I have a different name on literally every single platform because I had no forward thinking to <laughs> to grab them before somebody else could. Uh, so, just if you want to find me, if you're watching this and you don't already follow me for some reason, just look for the, Google the Speech Prof, and I'll pop up on there. Um, all right. So, Kaylee, the way the one thing I've started very recently that I I, I really really like because it ends this this kind of silly show on a really positive note is to give you all a chance to uh, leave, leave us with some positive advice. And this could be about life, about your career, about anything you want to, just something that either you've learned or that's been shared with you that has kind of stuck with you and, and you want to share with uh, the people listening. Okay. So um, I probably would have given a, a different answer a few weeks ago, but I've had a few things going on very recently that have, uh, have definitely got me thinking about this. And don't be what everybody else wants you to be. You know, when you perfect example is, is just career wise. You know, I remember when I, I first started really creating content and it became something serious for me and having some family that thought it was, you know, ridiculous. And, um, how many years I didn't say what I felt like saying, you know, especially, with family, I, I, this is a bigger thing, but I'm starting to, to realize just how toxic the word loyalty can be when it's when it's tied into, you know, family relations of any kind. And just be who you want to be, because because in the end, you know, and and I don't say that in like a morbid way, but in the end, when you get to a place where you're you're, you know, a little bit older and your confidence starts to come in, and and you look at how many things you're passionate about that maybe you're not here 
because you let everybody keep you here, or you stayed here to keep everybody happy, um, it starts to really weigh on you a little bit. And when people ask me if I have regrets, I don't have regrets in any other way aside from letting people tell me who I was supposed to be and always putting people-pleasing ahead of what I was passionate about. So don't be a people-pleaser. That's, that's my advice. <laughs> I feel like this is advice directly toward me, uh, but uh, thank you so much, Kaylee. Uh, I, I'm so happy we connected at, at VidCon and got to know each other a little bit better because uh, you're, you were already one of my favorite people online. And then to meet the real you and find out that you're just as awesome, like off camera as you were on camera, is just is so delightful because you just you never know, right? Yeah. Um, so thanks again, and I'm sure I'm sure I'd love to have you back on again in the future. I would love that. I'm sorry I didn't give enough bad advice. Keep following your host because he's he's the best in person and online. And I was so happy to be here. Thank you so much. And that was Bad Advice on a Wednesday. If you enjoyed today's show, please like, please subscribe, share it with your friends, drop a five-star review. You can always support us financially at patreon.com slash thespeechprof. All links of everything we talked about will be available in the show notes. And most importantly, remember this is intended to be bad advice. Please do not listen to anything we said. I'm sorry. Okay, dope rhyme slinger, good advice giver. Listen for a second, let me try and paint a picture. Raises coming up and you want your check bigger. Moving quiet just won't get you seen. Your boss a clicker, uh.